now listening to the Seventh Rounders. Episode of the Seventh Rounders, and we are brought to you by Cardstock. I heard that reference several times while I was watching The Office, and I just I love it. Cardstock. It's just such a firm word that cardstock, cardstock, cardstock. That's what we're brought to you by today. We are live on on Twitter at 7th Podcast, also on IG at 7th Rounders Pod. And as always, our latest episodes can easily be streamed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at 7th Rounders Podcast. Again, that is the number seven followed by TH Rounders Podcast. Boys, how's it going? I mean, I'm. this is probably the most excited I've been for an episode in a while because I tell you what, you got to me yesterday. I was in the office. You were firing off texts. I was fired up. I, I was looking forward to this since yesterday around, when did you send that text? Around 2 p.m.? Sounds about right. You were yeah. distracting me from studying, so. A, a, small, a small brawl broke out in the seventh rounders group chat yesterday. I believe it started as me versus Chad and then quickly turned into Connor versus Chad in a more aggressive manner. Yeah, and just John, you. Everything. John, you took a little. Uh, uh, you stepped aside for a lot for about I, two hours. I had a lot to. I'll say. be honest. First of all, the kids got to work. <laughs> Second of all, I was just entertained. Like you guys were going at it, like I've never seen in a group chat. It was awesome. Mrs. Powers, yes, you did hear that correctly. Your son was texting during work, so you may want to have a word with him. She Anyhow, I understand since I was bullying you, it's fine. Yeah, she's used to that. Anyhow. Just to fill everyone in that's listening on what the hell took place. So long story short, uh, I saw some tweets the other day by definitely John. I don't know if Connor tweeted anything about how he's in love with the Final Four, blah, 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 with the teams in it. And I was like, respect the opinion. I was, you know, and I was and I was fine with it. So then we, we're kind of in our seventh rounders group chat going back and forth. And I made a comment that I wasn't very interested in the final four. And then it got not so nice. It went from zero to a hundred real quick. John started out at me. I fired back because I'm, I'm not just going to sit there and take that the whole time. Then Connor chimes in and you can't win an argument with Connor. I think most of you know that. Dude, you so gotta look in a mirror. Johnny. You gotta look in a mirror, man. <laughs> it it, uh, it went back and forth for a while, and we wound up uh, putting a poll out there for you guys to vote on. And um, let's just say Connor made a few comments about the listeners that uh, I think there was a quote that, well, they may be bigger idiots than me. So I'm I'm just gonna leave that out there for uh, everyone to take in. So clearly, Connor doesn't respect anyone else's opinion. But uh, we're going to get into that in a sec. So we're going to recap the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and then obviously make our picks for the Final Four. But to start with some other news, and I have some news basketball-related, and as most of you know, LeBron has been shut down for the year. Um, To me, it didn't come as much of a surprise. I don't know about you two. Uh, There's only what, two weeks left in the year, they're eliminated. And at this point, they're better off trying to get a better pick. And bottom line is, the last eight years, what is it? LeBron's made the finals eight years in a row. He hasn't had more than three months off in between seasons, making it all the way to the finals and starting with the preseason. It's about a three-month gap. 
And from what I read now, it's going to give him with these extra two or three weeks, about five months off, maybe even six. So I, I love what the Lakers did. I mean, there was absolutely no point in playing them. And I know uh, fans of the Lakers aren't going to be happy just because people are paying money to see LeBron James play. And I, I get that, but I don't know his age. He's getting up there in age and five months off to recuperate, rest his body, train a little bit. I think that's the best possible thing they could have done for them, for him. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, more time off. It just perfectly corresponds with him making more movies in Hollywood. I Dude. mean, that that man's been in L.A. since day one, making movies, making documentaries. And if you look me in the eyes and tell me he went to the went to the city of Los Angeles to play for the Lakers and for that reason alone and for that to be the motivating factor, you're just wrong. If you looked me and said that, I'd punch you in the face. Yeah, exactly. He just You're wants, wrong. He's Hollywood now, dude. He's Hollywood now. The it's, fastest man. What's this show called that I keep seeing on every commercial break? The fastest man. The if, fastest I, if you think mile, I'm gonna right? watch that, I'm gonna punch you in the face. And you know <laughs> what? No way. I want to say something. I did Is tune in for a, a Is second. It good? Horrible. <laughs> I, I. It, it's a worse. Now was version. it? It's a verse. A worse version of American Ninja Warrior. Was it better or worse than the Pac-12 as a basketball conference? Better. Better. I wow. tell you what, I would rather watch that show than watch Pac-12 basketball. Yeah. Now that's, now Saying that's a, lot. a comparison. That might be a poll, Chad. You might have a poll on your hands there. I'm a big poll guy. And, and if you don't mind me leading this into the next storyline, Coach John Calipari. Calipari or Calipari? I like Calipari more. It makes it's me like sound tomato- a little worse. It makes me sound like I'm at work at an antique store. John Calipari turns down six years, $48 million from UCLA. I don't even know if he turned it down. I don't even know if he acknowledged it as an offer. Um, but now he's going to be coaching in Kentucky for life. I can't even imagine anywhere, him anywhere else, so I'm, I'm glad to see it. I think he's a phenomenal coach in person. I know people don't like him. I was just reading through his tweets the other day. The guy cares about his players, so I'm glad to see he's sticking around there. Um, yeah. I will say I think there should be an asterisk next to the uh, lifetime deal because I, I was reading into it a little bit today. It looks like he's got a 10-year deal to finish out his coaching career, and then he's moving into a paid advisor role. So, well, so it'll, be that... interesting, it'll be interesting to see if he tries to coach past 10 years what happens, if, that's, if what I read is correct. To me, and I could be completely wrong, it kind of sounds like um, obviously the contracts were not the same, but a similar boat to uh, what Urban did at Ohio State. Obviously coached there five, six years and has moved into that assistant athletic director role, which is literally nothing. But I feel like that's uh, very similar to what Calipari will do down the line. And um, as a coach, I think he's one of the best. Obviously, I think we all agree Coach K is the best coach in college basketball. Um, but I, I think you can make a easy case that Calipari is right behind him at number two. Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I don't think people realize this. Like I was looking at the numbers, looking at some replies to the tweet when the news came out that he was going to be lifetime there. He's only won one championship at Kentucky, but that's second among active coaches. Coach K's got two championships and I, I forget the other guy. He's also got two, but I mean, he's achieved his like, as much as you can ask for it, people are acting like March Madness is easy to win. Like, you're in, you're out. That's just yeah. not the case. I saw that Calipari has the uh, most Elite Eight appearances since yeah. uh, he took over. I mean, I think it was Jay Williams that tweeted about it. Like, can, 
fans are up in arms because Calipari and, you know, Coach K, they don't get, like, these super freshmen to the Final Four every year, and it is just not that easy. It yeah. really isn't. No, I completely agree, and we've talked about this before, and uh, just kind of the balance between, especially heading into the tournament, how um, some people are going to favor that experience, and that's why I like Kentucky with the grad transfer and whatnot, and some people may not like Duke as much because they have virtually five freshmen starting. But uh, for those that don't know a ton it's, about... Uh, and I want to bet it's Roy Williams. So Roy Williams and Coach Kerr are the only two active coaches since Calipari started in 2009 at Kentucky that have more championships. It's two. He's got one. Big whoop. Yep. Why are people mad? Guy's yep. phenomenal. Yep. No, I completely agree. Uh, what news do you have for us, Connor? Uh, sticking with uh, the basketball theme... Honestly, if this story came out any other time besides March Madness, I think it would have gotten loads of more coverage. It is very under the radar, and to be honest, one of the strangest uh, stories I can remember in professional sports. But uh, it came out a couple days ago. um, Former Knicks power forward um, and Latvian superstar, uh, now-turned-Mavericks player Christos Porzingis was accused of sexual assault and rape. Uh, on the night of February 7th, 2018, the woman just came out uh, recently. Um, it was said that Porzingis was drinking after he tore his ACL and he uh, ended up, you know, forcefully or forcing himself upon the woman that night, um, which is a pretty crazy story to start with. Um, so bear with me because there's a lot more going on. Apparently, the woman offered him our wanted him to pay her $68,000 to cover her brother's tuition um, in the form of hush money. Um, And then recently, texts and emails show that she wanted to pursue a romantic relationship after the alleged assault. So it's starting to get a little sketchier there. Um, Then the NBA Players Association came out um, and supported Porzingis, um, as well as his lawyer, who denied all the charges. and then it was said that uh, the woman seemed to forge her signature um, on the cosign that that he said would pay her $68,000. Overall, just a ridiculous story. Um, to make it more complex, the Mavericks were apparently aware of the allegations before the trade, and everyone knows Mark Cuban uh, and the Mavs organization were facing um, sexual um, misconduct charges earlier in the year. So overall, just really crazy story. NBA... Definitely hates to see it as they're going into the playoffs. Um, I don't know what 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 sides right yet. We're gonna wait it out. But honestly, if you know this woman made it up, and it's like just another another one in a long list of women uh, that have accused athletes of this. Um, I mean, we've seen them ruin careers like Sean Oakman stuff like that. Um, it'd be interesting to see how you know everyone handles it. But crazy story. Yeah. Wanted to get that out of the way before we get into the good stuff. Yeah, I hope I mean, it's. I, I really hope it's not another boy cried wolf situation because that's just so annoying. Like, first of all, it's such a serious thing to accuse someone of. But if you're lying about it, I mean, that's just so fucked up. I'll say it right now. I was thinking about bleeping myself out, but I got a little passionate about it. I had to. Had to it's say really so sad. It's, I mean, it's you've seen people's careers ruined, you know. I don't know if I'd rather it, like, you know, like. I'd rather her be telling the truth and it be true, or I'd rather her like be lying so Porzingis doesn't ruin his career. But like, I don't know. It's all terrible. It's all bad. All bad for the brand. So, be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it's just, it's something we're seeing more and more of in 
in the world, I guess. And obviously it's uh, blown up in the, in the sports world, especially. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like these professional leagues got to figure out a way, regardless if it's true or not, just to get, you know, some of these players help and uh, figure this out because it's, there's really no place for it. And uh, it's really all I have to say about it. I guess the other thing I wanted to mention that Connor hit on was, I'm glad that uh, the Knicks made the Mavs aware of it before the trade went down. I think there would have been a lot more uh, issues uh, around this if the Mavs were unaware at the time. And um, hopefully by just making them aware, it's something that uh, can be resolved quickly. And hopefully it didn't happen. Um, But I guess it's something we'll have to monitor. And obviously we'll keep you guys up to date even though it's not something any of us like to talk about, it's still, still important. So uh, should we move yeah, on to absolutely. more happy things? Yeah, I think we Wait, should. One more sad thing. The AF, the American Alliance of American Aligned Football, <laughs> is about, I believe I saw, 52 days old, and they're officially suspending business operations. How do you feel being the guy who just invested $70 million in this league and he's going to lose it all within – couple of weeks well i saw i saw bill polian set to lose about 250 mil he was apparently up in arms that this yeah. guy just bounced or just gave in that easy i, I don't really know much about the story because i i mean it's pretty uneventful overall it's just sad to see the yeah. uh, them last that little it sucks for the owners really but everyone else is like well we kind of saw it coming if you're the xfl right now do you be like let's just quit before we're even going like do you even try I don't think anyone can build a, a football league in America. There's just no way. Not with the NFL around. No one's going to these games. I mean, the That's NFL is undefeated. Like, no there's a reason that they're the most. It's still the most watched dude, sport yeah. in America. No one's going. I'm seeing pictures. No one's going to these games. That I don't have watched this. I don't know if you guys. I don't watch a single game. I know opening weekend they put up decent ratings, but after that, people forgot it even existed. I have not watched a single snap or like, anything. It sucks. I mean, you'd love to see it succeed, but they just there's not a business model I can think of right now that can compete with the NFL. So I don't know. I mean, in reality, it's the G League of the NFL in a sense. I know there's other football leagues, but how many of you guys watch the G League? Like, I see highlights on Sports Center top ten. But even that, amazing. The but difference. the G League works because it's associated with the NBA. Like, you got yeah. if you're not associated with the, if you're a, your own entity, there's no way you're gonna work. It's no way, no way it's going to work. And like, it, the it, biggest news story they've had since opening weekend was Eminem tweeting saying that they should let players fight. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the only reason the G League works is because it operates under the NBA. And, and in the G League, like, players do actually go back and forth, you know? Yeah, yeah. and it's not like it's even AAA baseball where it's young guys that are on the come up or whatnot. It's, for the most part, it's a lot of washed up guys and guys that, I mean, quite frankly, if maybe had, uh, whether it's injury uh, history or off-the-field issues in the past. So Here's it's the really... thing. <clears throat> so minor league baseball works because it's associated with the MLB. You have independent baseball, but they're playing in little parks. They're not expecting big things like the AF playing in massive arenas. Um, the NBA, their support, like, all right, so MLB supporting AAA, minor league baseball, double-A, single like all that. Um, NBA's got WNBA and, and G League. That's why those work because the NBA is associated with both. There's no other basketball leagues I can even think of in America. Yeah, um, there's like NHL, an ABA or an ABL, some 
you know, BS league. And HL supports the AHL, and then also the players are drafted from the Canadian League, the OHL. So all that shit works because it's pretty much all connected. The NFL is by itself. As long, if there's nothing connected to it, it ain't going to work. That's all I'm saying. It's pretty all simple. Right. Well, it's because the NFL's minor leagues is college football, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's another thing. College football is the biggest amateur sport in the world. Yeah. Like, there yeah. is no need for another league. It's just really yeah. impossible. So one other news bit, not really news, but I wanted to hit on before we get into college basketball. Do you guys know what uh, takes place in a little over a week? The Masters. The Masters. Yeah. And I, I don't know how many of our um, – our listeners really care, but I, I'm I'm really excited for it. And uh, a little update for anyone that cares. So the Vegas released the update odds to win the Masters, and the top five currently are McElroy, Dustin Johnson, Tiger Woods, Kepka, and Justin Rose. So um, I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. I'll be watching at least part of it all four days. And even for people that aren't huge golf fans, I feel like. Uh, I don't know. It's something different and fun that, especially with college basketball and the NHL and the NBA winding down, it's something else to you know to get excited about for the start of uh, summer. Should be a good that. tournament. It always is. Yeah. I'll so, tell you what. First round of golf this past weekend hit a few stripers off the tee. I felt good out there. Could not find it on the greens though. It's they're never both there. I don't know about you guys, but there it's either drivers on or the putters on. They're never both on. My That's drive's non-existent. Yeah. My drive's straight up non-existent. <laughs> Dude, uh, I piped one about 350, 400, wind at the back downhill. <laughs> we pulled up on it right in front of the green. We're like, oh, he accidentally hit a good one here. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. Let's get into it. What they want to hear. Let's talk a little college basketball. So I just want to update everyone from last week. So again, this is kind of funny with some of our picks. But I did well. My all, dad texted me. He said you got three or four in the final four. That's all and, I'm going to say right now. And we'll, we'll start with John. So John's original final four prediction was Michigan State, Texas Tech, UVA, and UK. So the only one he was off on was UK. So that is very impressive. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, round of applause. And, well, the only one Connor <laughs> and I got right were UVA. So we'll start there. And I'll start by saying, I mean, those four days of games were – Amazing. Oh, yeah. Now, wait, before we got to remind him that was just when we had the Sweet 16 bracket. I did not yeah. nail three of four from the original bracket. <laughs> no. Look, you got no. the wrong John for that. But I nailed three of four from the Sweet 16. It feels damn good. But those games this weekend, I mean, yeah. incredible. Um, yeah. Honestly, the, the Sweet 16 was a little bit disappointing. There was a, a few blowouts, but the uh, Purdue and um, – Tennessee game was unbelievable. I want to shout out Ryan Klein. He is a true American hero for draining 27 in that game. Um, And the Kentucky-Houston game was very good as well. And I want to actually talk about this Virginia Tech-Duke game real quick. That might have been the worst missed game winner. Our game-tying – was it a game winner? It was a game winner, right? Or game-tire. It was a tie-it. Worst game tying shot attempt I have ever seen in my life. The worst miss. That that looked like a, like a an eight month old baby trying <laughs> to walk without getting any help. That's what that looked like. I he mean, tried, that was miserable. He I was literally trying to play volleyball. It looked like he just set the ball <laughs> and it went so nowhere near the rim. It, it barely. You almost it. you almost would have thought he sneezed while he caught the ball. 
That's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, that, that I, I was funny. I was destined to win the final, the, the championship after that. I thought there's no way they can lose after escaping those two games, but we'll get into that in a sec. Um, those, those three games were very good from the Sweet 16. Every single Elite Eight game was uh, honestly pretty phenomenal. I would like to go on record. That's the best Elite Eight I can ever remember, aside from when South Carolina was in it, because that was an anomaly. But it was really yeah, – but anyway, best Elite Eight I've ever seen. It was the smallest margin of victory in an Elite Eight ever, 18 points among the four games. It was exciting. So, two overtimes. Two absolutely electric overtime games. I, I have a question for you guys. So, obviously, Duke was the biggest surprise not to make it to the Final Four. Outside of Duke, who was the next team you were most surprised by that didn't make the Final Four? I'll start, and I will say Kentucky. And they were my national title pick from December. And I didn't think there was a shot in hell that they, um, with P.J. Washington back and Auburn losing their big man, I didn't think they would lose to Auburn. I was really confident going into that one. So I was really shocked by that one. Uh, what do you guys think? I I would agree with that, but for sake of being different, I'm going to say North Carolina. I thought North Carolina or Kentucky would definitely come out of that region. I, but I knew Auburn was dangerous. I didn't think Auburn was going to make the run to the Final Four. I knew they were dangerous, but I'm really shocked that both Kentucky and UNC did not make it. So. It happens every year, though. There's a team like Auburn. Yeah. You know, they get hot. I was telling someone this past weekend, this Auburn team really reminds me of that Connecticut team that won, Dude, beat, that beat yeah. Kentucky in uh, 2014 with Shabazz, Napier, and Ryan Boatwright. They didn't have any, like, yeah. true superstars. They just had a ton of, like, really good players. You know what I mean? Dude, uh, it, and those two remind me of South Carolina, too, with Thornwell and uh, Dozier. That's very so, true. So, like, but Auburn especially because they run a similar type of game because they're physical, like middling SEC teams. Both weren't predict- predicted to do much, and um, they made it to the Final Four. Carolina was a, a seven seed, so Auburn's a little bit better. But uh, Auburn, will... the the one thing I will say about Auburn though is preseason they were top ten. They are a top ten team in the country, and they were obviously. I mean, to begin uh, SEC play, they were ranked because there were four ranked SEC teams, all mm-hmm. literally in the top fifteen. And then Auburn plummeted. They lost like three or three in a row, I think. They dropped from the rankings, and we kind of stopped talking about them until obviously the SEC tournament. So they picked it up towards the end of the year too. The thing with them is they definitely got the the shit stretch out of the way. Every team gets in a funk, and they got it out of the way early when they needed see, to. We said Tennessee got hot too early. I mean, we were yeah. kind of right. Yeah, they kind of they definitely fizzled out towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. They were just good enough to keep winning games, you know. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely true. Um, but as far as my biggest surprise, I, I mean, I think UNC and Kentucky outside of Duke has to be your answer. Everyone knew the, uh, the Midwest with, uh, is it the Midwest? No, whatever region Gonzaga's in, is that the South? Whatever region Gonzaga's in, everyone knew that region was going to be kind of, uh, to like absolute chaos. So I don't think there's any really surprise that tech made it out of there. And then UVA made it in the, uh, the northeast yeah. so dude i'll be honest if you you could just name the regions one two three and four because i have no idea i dude when i talk about them i talk about top left yeah top left, exactly top right bottom right that's why do they even bother with the name just give me a b c and d Make so it easy. i want to talk briefly about virginia so i feel like you know 
to begin this thing, and when people are filling out their brackets, a majority of people had Virginia out of the top right. Um, but watching them play up until the Purdue game, they were just they won these games, but they just came across as so underwhelming in a sense. Like you know they're a good team, but you're sitting there thinking like they play an athletic or they play a hot team. They could get absolutely blown out. And they just consistently sit there in these, even the Oregon game wound up being what a six or seven point game. And they just yeah. like grind through it. And they're a team like right now, part of me feels like I don't think they have a shot at winning the national championship playing some of these hot teams. But then part of me is kind of like, they're just going to they're going to grind against Auburn and then whoever they if they make it whoever they play in the championship just grind and it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh they win and they in a sense they almost come off as boring i don't know if you guys feel no, that I mean, as well i mean you you touched on it like they're just a consistent team like i agree you always think they're underwhelming but that's how they win games they literally just do the same thing every time they do i feel like every game this tournament one of their like star players hasn't had a great game up until purdue and it doesn't matter because they just grind the team on defense one of the best defensive teams in the country and they have enough guys that can shoot threes and and step up and that hunter kid can pretty much score whenever he wants Dude, they, they, I think that's exactly what, whatever, everything you just said, Chad and Connor is what they want. Like, they don't want, when I think UVA, I'm not thinking, oh, they're going to blow this team out. Absolutely never. But like, you think they're, they're just win. trying to wear you down until the end so they can beat you at the end with their, with their shooting. But and like, that, yeah, I completely agree. And that's like, they come in under the radar. So, like, early this week, team, if any team has the it factor, it's them. Yeah. I completely agree, and it's odd because you come in this week and Monday and Tuesday on ESPN, you know, the headlines are, listen, Michigan State just beat one of the best teams we've seen in some time. Kind of shocking. Texas Tech, a team that's just extremely hot and staying with Auburn, another team that's so hot and lost one of their best players and is still in the Final Four, and then there's just Virginia over there. Like, Yeah, no one talks about them ever. And it's because there's really not much to talk about. What, you're not going to talk about, like, oh, yeah, they had three guys score 15 points and they held the other team to 55. Yeah. Yep. They're so balanced. It's it's pretty ridiculous. They're very, very good. But I like you said, Chad, they could lose to any team. They could beat any team, any game, seriously, because they're not yeah. going to blow you out. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, So next team, I, I know Connor's going to want to – talk about it even though it's a sore subject and i think we should hit on it is obviously michigan state upset duke um i out of all the games even like i i never saw uh ucf keeping it close with duke i thought there was i i thought duke would blow up virginia tech but i wasn't surprised virginia tech kept it kept it close i really didn't see michigan state keeping it close against duke and it just really surprised me and i didn't I didn't think Duke played terribly. I think it was just one of those games that, uh, I don't know, it I, didn't work out. I obviously uh, expected this. I had Michigan State in the Final Four. Um, I loved the matchup that Michigan State presented Duke, though. First of all, you got a bunch of young guys here, uh, more talented group, but then you got the veteran Michigan State team, very sound fundam- fundamentally, very well. Pro- I think they're the most well-coached team in the tournament. 
Um, Cassius Winston's like a player they haven't seen yet, probably all season. Someone that smart at the point guard position who can do just about everything. He's not the most gifted athlete, but he can do absolutely everything else. He can shoot, he can pass, and he knows what to do with the ball, when, when to do it. Like He has that offense better clicking than anyone I see in this tournament. And then you got a guy like Nick Ward who can bang with Zion. He's not Zion, but he can, he can do an adequate job. Goins is a big – he can stretch the floor. He can shoot the three. Obviously, he hit the three that ended up winning the game. That was unbelievable. That play design was unbelievable. I think Tom Izzo outcoached Coach K. Um, I just think they presented a huge uh, matchup problem for Duke, May, mainly more than anything else because they're veterans. I, I, didn't, I said that Duke was going to lose in the Sweet 16 a while ago because I didn't think that they had – the ability to gel like they would need to in the big moment, and they they didn't against Michigan State. Yeah, before I touch on the negatives of Duke and how just devastated and disappointed I am in that team, I want to give some props to Michigan State. They played a phenomenal game. Coach Izzo was 1-11 coming into it against Coach K. Um, Got a huge win. I want to say on Izzo, I think that since I can remember, this is his best coaching um that he's done in a season that i can remember you you lose jeremy langford early in the season Mm -hmm. you got nick ward in and out of injury all year and this team just kept chugging and literally they're playing their best basketball right now and um like john said a lot of it's to do with cassius winston guys phenomenal and i think um a lot of uh the reason duke has such an advantage on teams is because uh of how trey jones can affect the other team's point guard um, forces a ton of turnovers, ruins the offense, basically, um, which causes a lot of turnovers for Duke. And, I mean, we've obviously seen Zion in the open court. Um, but Winston is just – he's not going to turn it over. He's not going to make any mistakes, Mm-mm. really, the whole game. He he is one of the best pure, guard, pure point guards um, we've seen in a while. And Reminds you, me of Chris Paul. Reminds me of Chris Paul. I don't hate that comparison. I really don't. But on the Michigan State side, can we put something to bed – the whole thing about Izzo yelling at his players, that's the most stupid shit I've ever heard. I was going to say something. I mean, if you guys let's didn't. think about it. Anyone that's, like, played in a comp- – whether it's high school, college, like, anyone that's played in yeah. a competitive moment, like, atmosphere like that, like – I've yelled at kids in intramurals, dude. Like, Yeah. If, if I'm not saying that, dude, like – If your coach isn't yelling at you, he doesn't care about your development. Yeah, you're like, damn that's right. That's one. I got taught that in rec basketball. I got yelled at, and I was—I don't know what. I think we were the Knicks. I had, a, I had an orange shirt, dude. I remember getting chewed out in rec basketball, like fourth grade, and then then uh, the assistant coach was like, "That means he cares. That means he—he's he's like he thinks and he can do something." Thing. You know and what? I'll tell you what. Very before you. Sorry, Chad. Before you you go, um, there wasn't a single. I shouldn't say not a single time, but. 99% of the time when the coach yells at you, you know you deserve it because that's the type of relationship yeah, absolutely. you have with him. Yeah. I mean, he's with the kids essentially 330 out of 360 days of the year. If if they didn't respect or like the coach, they're going to transfer. And you know what? I don't have a problem with I, – I have a problem if you get to the point where you're putting hands on the players and whatnot. That can be out of line. But getting in a kid's face and yelling at them, especially a, a – a college age kid that's probably the best thing for him i i get it if it's you're an nba player that may not be the route but like these kids are still learning they're 19 20 21 years old like 
in a lot of like instances, that's the best way to get through to him. I know that was because Connor didn't listen worth shit in high school, but you know, <laughs> have coach yell at you Dude, a little. You'll, do you guys see Izzo's press conference? Pretty much mocking him. The, the, like the yeah, day he was after. like, "Was that nice? Was that nice enough for you?" That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> but I want to say, while we we've been a little political, a little more political this episode than usual, so I'm gonna use this as a platform. Keenan Allen, well. First off, for the people who don't know, Le'Veon Bell, he's a rapper. Pretty bad, to be honest. The guy comes out with a video on Twitter asking the, uh, you know, Twitter fan base, Twitter universe um, to rate it. And Keenan Allen comes out and says it's trash. And he's getting all this, all of this flack for it. I, I really don't understand it. The society is so soft, it hurts sometimes. So, so I just wanted to add that in because that, that, I didn't understand why Izzo got any shit. I didn't understand why Keenan Allen got anything. It It is really crazy how sensitive people are. And I would like, I did a little research, and I think I found something that could go viral. So in a, in a week from now, <laughs> if I'm viral and making millions, like, you heard it here first. But Tyron Matthew responded to Keenan Allen saying, it was to Keenan Allen and Le'Veon Bell saying, quote, chill out five, LOL, you two goon for this, LMAO. So first off, I I can't understand what half the stuff means, but I looked up the, <laughs> the the saying "chill out five, and it's a reference to the Bloods. So Tyron Matthew is a gang member; he's part of the Bloods. <laughs> I swear to God, I looked it up on Urban Dictionary. It's like a reference. Oh, to so it must use. be true, right? Yeah. So when Tyron Matthew comes out as a Blood, not not saying good or bad, Chad, you heard it. You might want to. You might want to sleep with an eye open. I'm worried about you now. No. You're on there right now. Your hit list. Tyron Matthews going to climb through your window. That's um, But getting back to basketball, the important stuff, um, I wanted to touch on Duke really quick, more specifically R.J. Barrett. Oh, my. I have not been more frustrated watching a good player play basketball ever this much as I was this past weekend. This man at the end of the game was just dribbling straight down the lane and chucking stuff off the backboard. And then you continue to want the ball and you go to the line to tie the game and you miss one. Dude, I knew he was going to miss one. I I knew knew there was no shot. (laughs) To be fair, Zion missed it last game. Missed the time free throw last game and and RJ got the rebound. Oh my gosh. That that just, that, that proved a lot to me. I, I don't know if uh, I love R.J. Barrett as much as a pro after seeing that last performance. I know it's one game, but I think down the stretch we learned a lot. He, you know what? The comparison to James Harden is very fitting because in clutch time of games, they just start doing some stupid stuff and taking dumb shots. Dude, but he can't shoot anywhere near half as good as James no, Harden. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying. you. I'm talking about the Harden of the playoffs a couple of years ago. He had like what, uh, 18, 18 turnovers against the Warriors that one game. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Um, so, go ahead. Um, I was just gonna say, I feel like we've talked a decent amount about these games from this past weekend. Do we want to go on talk about the final four and make our picks? I thought we were, dude. We were pretty much I, touching. Let's talk right, a little Texas. So, Texas. so hold on. No, we, we touched Listen on the Gonzaga game real quick. Listen I mean, to me. We talked UVA. We talked Michigan State. Let's just talk Texas Tech, and then we're gonna talk uh, Auburn. Yeah. A little round table. Okay. We'll talk about this boring-ass Final Four. Sure enough. You're unbelievable.
Yeah, let's talk Texas Tech and Zaga. That might have been that was one of my that going leading up to it and after it ended up, it was my favorite game until I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch it until two minutes left because I don't care about either team. That was a it was very back and forth. You knew from very the beginning game. it was gonna be a very good game. Those were two very well matched teams. You had the number one offense in Gonzaga and the number one defense in Texas Tech. So it was it was a very exciting game. It was back and forth all night. Yeah, I mean Chad, it's really, really sad, and we're going to get into this in a second. It's really, really sad you don't know anything about this Texas Tech team because, dude, they are one of the greatest college basketball teams on defense that I've ever watched. They are are so well put together. They are so well put together. They don't foul. They don't let up baskets. They force turnovers. They rebound. It it is something to watch. That was a very good game. Um, But I do want to get into this Auburn-Kentucky game. This was another absolute thriller. Um, I mean, I really didn't think Auburn was going to be anywhere close, especially after losing, uh, I think his name's Okiki, Okeke. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I, it was really inspiring, though, like, to see him wheel out at halftime, and they ended up winning the game in overtime. That was a phenomenal game. Um, I mean, Coach Cal said it before the game that Auburn was playing the best basketball in the country. So there, there's just no other explanation except for the fact that they are just steaming hot right now. And I, I absolutely agree with you. And I honestly think if PJ Washington didn't play, Auburn would have won by 20. I really oh, yeah. think it was only him that yeah. kept that game close, and Kentucky was so out or just outmanned outside of PJ Washington. Yeah, Reed Travis like borderline looked lost at times, and Haggins I mean, played terrible. Uh, I will say Keldon Johnson also played very well for Kentucky. I just I was shocked because I I thought this game would be competitive even with or I thought Kentucky would win even without PJ Washington. And it didn't honestly didn't matter if they had them; they were still going to lose. Um, I think Auburn is eh, not definitely, but I think they are of the 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 last four teams. I think they're the hottest. I think it's close with them them and Texas Tech. Um, but I just the the experience factor for Auburn now, and the fact that they beat in Kansas, UNC, and Kentucky uh, can't go untalked about. Just because I mean that's three blue bloods right there and they know what it takes. So. I will I will say though, I'm going to consider Auburn the Cinderella this year cuz they're the closest thing we have to it. The final 4 I feel like is always where the Cinderella story comes to an end. So we'll yeah. that'll be interesting to see against them against UVA. Talk about two elite shooting teams. Yeah, it's mm. going to be a fun game, I think. They need they need Bryce Brown to light it up again. Or they're not going to win this. That's the only chance I think they have to win this game is Bryce Brown stays hot because he he killed Kentucky, absolutely killed Kentucky. The one play that sticks out to me is he got his own miss on a, a free throw and then just dribbled straight to the three point line, just nailed yeah. it. He's yeah. an exciting player if you haven't seen him. So speaking of exciting players, before we actually make our picks, why don't we go no, wait. through? Let let me let me talk about Texas Tech just real quick. We kind of glossed over them. I feel like we disrespected them a little bit. Um, this is a team, stat of the day for you, they don't have a single ESPN 100 recruit on the roster. Chris Beard's so that, done a phenomenal job there. That in, speaks in to the coaching and the buy-in. Mooney, Mooney and Tariq Owens are both grad transfers. They're both starters. And then Culver's only a three-star. 
Uh, Moretti wasn't even ranked coming out of Italy, and Odiasi wasn't even ranked either. So it, it's unbelievable what he's done with that with that team. Yeah. And let's be honest, outside of Cassius Winston, I'm assuming he's a five-star player. Are there yes. any other five-star players in the Final Four? Because I, I don't know about DeAndre Hunter. Kyle, Kyle Guy was a top 25 recruit yep. coming out Kyle of this Guy, Kyle Guy is a five-star. He was. I think that's it. Uh, okay. I don't. I have no idea what DeAndre Hunter's ranking was. I think he might he have not. also been. He, he was, was not. not. He's actually one of their lowest rated starters right now. Ty Jerome and Diakite were rated higher. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. That's pretty crazy. But that goes to Chad's point that, you know, experience and coaching. Can Langford would be on the list if he was healthy, but he's not. So I won't include him. Um, however, Austin Wiley on Auburn was the number 17 recruit when he came out. But he, he doesn't even he's not one of their biggest players right now. The guards are making that team click. Yeah. So what do you guys you guys want to go into our all tournament teams or do you want to make picks? Let's uh, let's go all tournament to the to this point so far, and then we can get into picks. All right, I will lead us off then. So I just kind of went two guards, three forwards. Obviously, I think we're all going to have this guy on there, and that's Carson Edwards. I mean, led the tournament in scoring, and you saw that game against Virginia. That was like one of the best performances I've ever seen. Like it was borderline. I was laughing. Like. He was it, just pulling up from anywhere. And yeah. he thought and as soon as he shot it, you assumed it was going in. And that they was how hot he was. They yeah. weren't even like rattlers. somewhere from the parking lot. They yeah. weren't even rattlers. Like they were wet. They like, were splashy wet. And they I were. was like, I was literally getting goosebumps like watching it. Um so obviously he's I gotta put them put him in there. Uh, other guard I have is Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech. I needed a guy that's in the final four. Um, Dude, I want to stop you right there. All right. Part of this so, argument yesterday stemmed from Chad insisting that no one in America knew who Jarrett Culver was until the Michigan including game. Including yes. himself. And including yes. himself. And he turns around and he selects Jarrett Culver to his so, all tournament team. So you are a joke. The, you are a fraud. based on the tournament. Am I am I wrong? This is based on the tournament. This is not based on. You the didn't whole know tournament. about him until how, two games ago. How, <laughs> wait a second. How many times have we talked about Jarrett Culver d- in this podcast during Apparently the college not that much. You didn't know who he was. We talked about. John said it several times. Texas Tech, and I respect John for this. Texas Tech is a sneaky Final Four pick. That was I mentioned did say that. several times. How many times was Jarrett Culver mentioned? Not once. I watched that Michigan game, and I was impressed with him. That was the first time I'd ever heard of him. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's how 98% of America is, okay? No one knew who Jarrett Culver was until Michigan. You are so wrong. I said Jarrett Culver's name maybe once an episode for four episodes straight. That is bullshit. You're lying to everyone listening right now, you're lying to God. You're lying to Jesus. We never mentioned Jarrett Culver once. That's I will go play every single episode I, back. I talked about him listen, multiple times. All I know is he's been he's been pretty highly rated all season in the NBA draft process, like top five prospect. Um, just watching Texas Tech, you know who he is. Thank you for r- bringing up uh, the excellent prediction I had with Texas Tech being a sneaky. Final Four team for probably the past two months. So these are my guys. I really hope they win it. All right, Chad. Go ahead and finish your 
bullshit all tournament team. Okay, so uh, like I said, Jared Culver and Carson Edwards. <laughs> my forwards. I'm so pissed off right now. All right, my face is so red. You guys should see it right now. I'm having a heat stroke. Anyhow, PJ Washington, and this I could get some flack from you too. I understand he didn't play in the first two games, but like I mentioned. This Elite Eight game was only close with him on the court, and he was at about— He also about, played phenomenal against uh, Houston. Yeah, he, he was at about, what, 22 points, 13 rebounds in those two mm-hmm. games. And he's a guy that was a five-star out of high school, uh, projected top-ten pick, and was struggled mightily at Kentucky last year and has just improved his game dramatically. Uh, in the off season. And it was, it's really impressive to watch him play. I think he, even though he's not, he doesn't have that one elite trait. I feel like someone that can really succeed in the NBA. He's just really well balanced and uh, I love his game. Uh, my next guy is obviously Zion. Uh, he's just so impressive to watch. Uh, I don't really think anything else needs to be said about him. And then finally, I want a big man, like a, I know Zion's fucking giant, but a big, big man. And so I went with with Kenny Wooten from uh, Oregon. 12 blocks in three games is really impressive. Um, And that was actually, he had 11 of his 12 in the first two rounds and really was one of the main reasons Oregon made it to the Sweet 16, a team that really Mm -hmm. none of us saw getting there. So uh, I felt like I had to put a little respect on Oregon in his name. So that's my five. I love the Wooten pick. That's a good pick. Most people probably won't have him on their list, but he's he's definitely is the reason Oregon made it that far. Put the team on their back. Yeah, don't forget Peyton Pritchard too. He uh, he had a phenomenal tournament for Oregon. Um, so I, I went by position. So my point guards, John Morant. Um, like Washington, he only played in two games, but uh, I don't think it's a stretch to say he impacted the game um, for his team more than any other player in the tournament. He posted the first triple-double since uh, Draymond Green in 2011. Uh, so that was super impressive. Carson Edwards, for obvious reasons, Chad touched on it. He's leading scorer in the tournament. Averaged 34.8 points per game. Um, and that's over four games, which is very impressive. Uh, he's the only – our first player since Steph Curry in t- 2008 to win the region's best player without making the Final Four. Um, so another achievement there. I have Zion. Nothing really to say about him. He's the best athlete we've seen in college basketball in recent memory. Uh, power forward, I have Kenny Goins from Michigan State. This is purely based off the eye test. I mean, he hit that game-winning shot against Duke. Uh, he spreads the floor well, plays great defense. Um, really just a solid four man. Don't know if he'll get drafted or not. Um, and then my center is Brandon Clark from Gonzaga. Um, guy blocks shots like like no one's business. Just so solid underneath. Um, I mean, he averaged 3.75 blocks per game, and he could also score it at a high clip. Um, and I thought I thought he was honestly Gonzaga's best player in the tournament uh, above Hachimura. And I think he's actually rated ahead of him now on the NFL or NBA draft board. So, um, been a lot of exciting players this year, though. Um, all right. So I got a guy, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention, Cassius Winston um, at one of my guard spots, averaging 19 and 8 a game and being the most intellectually sound player in the tournament. Uh, Carson Edwards, because he made a million threes in four games. That's all I got there. Culver, I got on my list as well, because he's literally filling up the stat sheet with everything he can possibly do. 
He's averaging 21.5 points, 6.8 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 2.3 steals, and a block and a half per game. He's been the most, probably the most complete player in the tournament. Zion, I'm most interested now to see who he picks for his shoe, his signature shoe. Will it be Nike or will it be the field? That's the question. Um, and then Mamadi Diakite as my big, my big, big, averaging 13 and 9, and obviously hit the biggest, probably the biggest shot of the whole tournament. The buzzer beaters send that game in overtime, literally as it expired after the unbelievable pass from the short little guy in Virginia. His name's slipping me. His name's <laughs> I, slipping me. I don't know his name either. His name's slipping me. He's Hawaiian, um, though. I know he's Hawaiian. Kahili Clark. I knew it was Clark. Kahia Kia Clark. Probably the best pass I've seen in college basketball in recent memory. That was um, the most exciting my... play I think I've seen in the tournament. I couldn't that was insane. I Can we talk it. about how the uh, Vegas set the line at four and a half that game? Virginia, they're down, <laughs> they're down two, yeah. and at the end of regulation, go to overtime, they win by five. I, I've never they seen were, And they were up by one with 20 seconds left. Oh, over. yeah, the guy threw it out of bounds. Yeah. That was, that Carson was Edwards threw it out of bounds, and they, get, and they ended up covering. Yeah, that, that was, was why, why did he pass the ball? Makes no sense to I me. I think he was he passing had to get it up it. court. I think he was passing it. I think they might have called it timeout or they were going to dish it back to him and then he was going to chuck it. Um, But uh, that was was a sad ending for people. That was insane. All right. Well, uh, a lot of differences, but uh, I think we all uh, can make a viable argument for any of those guys. So I don't think there's too much arguing to be had there. So... Let's make the picks. So let's go first from the left half of the bracket. Michigan State and Texas Tech. I'll go first, and I haven't picked Michigan State since the first round, and I'm going to keep that going, and I'm going to pick Texas Tech. This more than likely means Michigan State will win, but I don't like Michigan State, and I'm never going to pick them, and I'm going to go Texas Tech because they're hot. I'm taking Tech as well. They're hot. They play great defense. Um, I honestly think Michigan State matched up better with Duke. Uh, Texas Tech's a little smaller, a little quicker. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Michigan State matched up with them. But they can literally win any game with Cassius Winston. So I I hope it's a really good game. I think it will be. Um, But I'm taking Tech. Dude, it's... It, this is a very exciting – I'm much more excited for Tech-Michigan State than the other game. Um, these are two teams I've been pretty high on from the very beginning, and I hate to do this to them because it almost it almost guarantees they're going to lose, but I'm on Texas Tech too. So that means we're all on Texas <laughs> Tech. I don't want to see them lose, but, I mean, I, I won't be mad with either of these teams. So No, they're um, exciting. They're very I just exciting. Texas Tech, the defense that they're playing is something I've never seen in this tournament. So – I mean, they've shut everyone down, I, and I see it happening again. I really do. So, All right. Well, let's move to the right side of the bracket in UVA and Auburn. I honestly am so confused by this one. I don't know who to pick, and I'm going to go UVA just because I feel like it's such a safe pick. <laughs> it's too safe not to pick UVA. And I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Auburn wins by 70. But I'm going UVA. I, I just don't know. 
Yeah, like like I mentioned earlier, this is where the Cinderella story runs dry, runs out, whatever you want to say. I'm taking UVA as well. John's probably also going to take UVA, which means that it's going to be an Auburn-Michigan State finals. I will say, though, I want want Auburn in the finals. I think Auburn-Texas Tech would be awesome. Everything you just said was exactly how I feel. I'd love to see Auburn in it, but I think that they're really, really going to miss Okiki this game. And there is no way they, they that was their emotional victory. That was their Super Bowl beating Kentucky, getting the Final Four. That was everything they wanted, and I think they're gonna come out a little bit flat. And I actually think Virginia might win this one by by double digits. I don't know if this one's gonna be close. All right, wow. so that's kind of a bold prediction. I love it, folks at home. In reality, it's gonna be uh, Michigan State Auburn. But for the and sake listen, of I'll say fans. this too: I have constantly, constantly picked against Auburn. Like I feel, I I feel like I had them not winning anything in the SEC tournament. Really, I definitely thought that they weren't going to beat Kentucky or UNC. So they proved me wrong. I just guaranteed them a spot in the championship game. I think. So boys, I don't I don't think we even need to make a national championship pick because I think we're recording next Sunday night for that everyone at surprise. home. For You'll a, get a little a little Monday episode. So we'll we'll be. Taste. Yeah, we'll be back on Monday to pick between Michigan State and Auburn. <laughs> but uh, that's where we're going to hold off now with those two Final Four picks. And um, we've got to move on to the best part of the day. It puts a smile on my face. It puts a smile on their face. John has a look on his face like he just met the love of his life. He's blushing. He's blushing, folks. <laughs> but let's get it. So, Chad's titillations. John has a commanding 24-16 lead. But anything can happen on any given podcast. So, to start it off, we have Texas at 19-16 and 16 versus TCU 23-13. and 13. What is this? Is this NIT? This is NIT. NIT is still going on? Yeah. Oh, Holy fun fact, man. I got tickets to the NIT Championship on Thursday. That's exciting. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. I didn't know the NIT was still happening. So Who Texas are the two TCU. teams playing? Texas TCU. TCU. Yeah. Do you need the records? Basically. Do you need no, the records? I'm pretty not confident. A, no, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, TCU by two. He always goes first team by two. Every I single do. Time. I really do. Every time. <laughs> Give me TCU minus two and a half. It is TCU by one and a half. Oh, my God. Oh! <laughs> that was a really satisfying I knew victory. It was, I knew it was going to be. That was my favorite one I've won this whole season. That was awesome. That I was, was a 50-50. fully expecting it to be two on the dot, and I knew it was within a half a point, and I went <laughs> All right. The next one up, we have the other side of the NIT Final Four. We have Wichita State, 22-14, and 14, and Lipscomb, 28-7. and 7. Lipscomb's tough. I can see Lipscomb being favored in this game. They're tough uh-huh. with two Fs. I'm going to go even. Pick them. Where's Lipscomb? What state is that in? 
I have no. It's got to be like. Don't I'm let not even say. I'm not even gonna yes. say. I feel like it's Vermont. I feel like it's got to be like Vermont. No. Wait, let me. Connor, you have a guess. No, you guess, and then I'll tell you. And this is a bonus pick. Wow. I'm Almost going. I'm going with Virginia. Give me so Vermont. we have Vermont and Virginia. V's on the mind. Like, it's gonna be in like Hawaii. Nashville, Tennessee. Oh wow. What? Wow, boys. So no one gets a point there. That's atrocious. All right. Um, I'll go Wichita by one. I said I'll go Wichita by one. Wait, what'd you say, Powers? I said pick them. Lipscomb by one. Wow. I thought I said it. I thought Lipscomb could be a favorite. The Lipskinites, dude. <laughs> wow. You guys have been on top of your game today. All right. Next up, we have... Oregon at 33 and 4 is Baylor 35 and 1. That's a little women's. That's a little women's action. Baylor by four and a half. It's a good one. Good team. I'm going to take Baylor by three. Baylor by seven. Wow. Wow. 2 1 Clemens. All right. We have UConn. Don't lose this one, Connor. This is a first half line. Oh my god! Wow. UCon- UConn at thirty-five and two versus Notre Dame thirty-four and three. Wow! What a game! Is that tonight? Uh, tomorrow or tomorrow. Thursday? Thursday. It's a two- UConn is a two seed. Notre Dame is a three seed. Connor, you're up. First half line. Yeah. UConn one and a half. I was going to say UConn by two. It is Notre Dame by one and a half. Whoa. <laughs> Out of no. nowhere. Wow. This, has been a good, this has been a good one. It's been a good it's one. It's been tight. It's, been, it's 2-2. Rubber, rubber match, dude. I might bet All on right. UConn, man. If they're underdogs, I might take them. We have Houston at 49 and 28. Is this NBA? Yep. Yeah. At the Los Angeles Clippers, 47 and 31. Wow. They're at the Clippers, you said? Mm hmm. This is tough. I'm going to go Houston by four. I'm up. All right, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say Houston by two. Con, are you sticking with it? Yeah. It is the Clippers by one. The Clippers? Yes, sir. I was gonna. I was gonna say Houston by two the whole time. So, and a three-two victory. Connor cannot beat me in this game ever. I did when you were sick. Don't forget. Yeah, well, it wow. happens. You can't win them all. No. Well, we went over our budgeted time, unfortunately, folks. So, just know we are going to update you all on NHL, NBA, MLB, all that stuff this coming Monday. But outside of that, uh, I don't have much else to say. I will say uh, got our first uh, intramural playoff game tomorrow wow. night. It's the already playoffs. Are, the boys are a two seed. So uh, chat. Are you still in net? No, I'm not. Our goalie should be back. Thank God. It was like. <laughs> It was it was very bad. It was piss poor. Uh, the the pads weigh more than me. Put it that way. 
I'm just like gangling out there, like diving in different directions. I can't see the puck. I don't have the hand-eye coordination. That's why I didn't play sport. That's why I was on the bench. Anyhow, what do you guys have to wrap it up? I just uh, want to say R- RIP to a, a legend, Nipsey Hustle. He got shot and killed this weekend. It's really sad. Um, that's all I have to say. Just wanted to touch on him. I feel like I we just, needed to honor his life, his life on here. Yeah. You're right. Maybe maybe AJ drop us a little nips. Smoke us on the cush, that's the average night. Money way taller than the average height. Fuck trying to live an average life. Being broke will make a nigga snap like a plastic knife. Pressure. We gotta give AJ Bradbury more goddamn credit. What a legend. The kid's grinding, you know, day in, day out. He's got school stuff going on. And then you have us three idiots. Hey, AJ, have you finished editing? Have you finished editing? AJ, put in a sound effect there. And he's like, nah, boys. Like, let me he's be. Like- he just pumps the shit out of it. He's just like, pump it out. Content, content, content. And I love it. And I want to thank you personally. Um, and that's all I got. John, go ahead. AJ, you do a fantastic job. Um. I'm glad baseball's back, so it's exciting. I really want to want to just throw the ball around out. There. I would play a little long toss. I would do anything to play a little long toss right now. Probably seven or eight throws in, we start to feel a little pop in the elbow, um, and at that point, we're, we're we're looking for the nearest urgent care. So, baseball season's back, and uh, I just want to give a shout out to my cardiovascular endurance here. Um, the body's starting to get adjusted to the, the three-mile runs once a week, I might add. You know, if we do two, I don't know. That might be too much. But uh, three miles is getting easier, so that's exciting. Yeah, and on that note, we're going uh, to sprint into the, into the sunlight. We will. Into the moonlight, whatever you want to call it. We love it. you guys. Love you and AJ. AJ, we appreciate you. AJ, hit him, a little, hit him with a little outro. Thank you for listening. Production by AJ Bradbury.